0: And shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. So I want to talk about that here a little bit more today, about how important it is that we leave father and mother and cleave unto his wife, and therefore, and by doing so, becoming one flesh. And so let's pray. Lord, I pray this be this lesson. Lord, we ask that you help us. Lord, lead us. Uh, Lord, to help us to understand thy truths, thy will. Thy desire and all of these things. In Jesus' name we pray. And all of the extraordinary love fast, Amen. and amen. amen. All right. That's a new one. Huh? <coughs> okay. Um, now, understanding again the premise of the why God made Adam and Eve. And again, you always have to go back to the origin. Go back to the foundation. Uh, let's, now, let's just fast forward this thing about, oh, 6,000 years and uh, now here's the question has God changed his intent on marriage yes or no yeah. no uh even though the supreme court has said it's okay that a, a man marries a man a woman marries a, a woman God says in the beginning he made them male and female right Adam and Eve not Adam and Stephen so has God changed his uh um worth or value or morals in the marriage yes or no yeah. no if God has established it, therefore only God can change it. Supreme Court can't change it. Man can't change it as much as they want to change it, and they can legalize it all they want. But in the courts of heaven, it has not changed. And so, uh, anyhow, now we talked about this: the purpose of marriage. We said it's companionship, and then we said the other purpose of marriage is for the completion, and how Eve was the helpmeet or the encourager. And so, and then we said this: the number two is the proclamation. So if you get your notes there, uh, number one was the purpose of marriage. And then we said number two is the proclamation about marriage, the proclamation that's about marriage. And then I think we finished up on letter A, and that is a proclamation of acceptance, a proclamation of acceptance. I can't stress enough. Uh, In Genesis 2.23, if you see your notes there or or, uh, Bibles there, in Genesis 2.23 says, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. And so obviously Adam is saying this, he's saying, God has given me this woman to to be my help in my life, and I have completely accepted her as she has now become bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh, literally speaking. But today, spiritually speaking, uh, as we get married, now regardless of what your marital status has been, there might be some divorced people here and and you're married today and this is your second marriage, or maybe third or whatever the case may be. Uh, Let's just put the past behind us and say, okay, we're going to found on the marriage that God has given me today. And I'm going to say, okay, uh, this is what God has given me. I accept it today because I couldn't control my past. And so I realize this. I'm going to, to completely accept who God has given me in my marriage. Uh, look at uh, Mark chapter 10 real quickly. Mark chapter 10. And uh, look at verse number, we'll start with verse number 7. This is an interesting uh, thought in there. Mark's, Mark chapter 10, and um, verse 7. Now, if <clears throat> you all know the, the story here, the Pharisees are really trying to stump Jesus Christ, and they're saying, listen, you know, how can a man divorce his wife? For what reasons can a man divorce his wife? And then he says this in, in verse number 7 here. Watch to verse number 6. Well, verse number 5, actually, verse number 5. I'll stop there. And Jesus answered and said unto them, For the hardness of your heart. Now again, talking about the, the, the bill of divorcement that Moses gave. Um, and Jesus said, well the reason why Moses gave a bill of divorcement was because of this. Because of the hardness of your heart he wrote you this precept. Which the precept is the bill of divorcement. Now, verse number 6. But, from the beginning that the beginning is Adam and Eve. But from the beginning, or Adam and Eve of creation, God made them male and female. Now, I get this thing before, but, uh, well, I'll, I'll wait till later to do that. But you got to a male and female. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife, and they twain shall be one flesh, So they are no more twain but one flesh. Now look at verse number nine. What well, therefore God hath joined together, let that man put a son. Under. Understand this, that one statement there, understanding from the beginning, it was not so. God did not intend for a couple or a marriage to ever separate or to divorce. It was not his intent. But because of the hardness of the Israelites, uh, God allowed Moses to give a bill of divorcement because they were they were committing adultery as it was. So one of the Ten Commandments is thou shalt not commit adultery. And so as a result of what they were already doing, God says, Okay, we have to give a bill of divorcement, and so be it, or whatever. But here's the understanding that it is the intent in the beginning. And so the acceptance in the marriage is this, what God hath joined together, verse number 10 then. Nine. Let not man put asunder. So here's the question I ask everybody in premarital council. Remember this question, and uh, we ask this: <clears throat> Are you, do you know that this is God's will for your life? Do you are you are you sure? Not just because she looks good and she's hot, and he's a hunk, and you know blah blah blah. And he's my you know he's my you know my, my prince charming, and well, your prince charming can become humpty dumpy very fast, very fast, <laughs> and it doesn't take very long. Uh, so, but listen very carefully. So if that happens, or that, that beautiful, you know, uh, cruise liner, that you've married and become now a barge and a, you know, a tugboat or whatever, and things change over the course of years, is this still God's will for your life? If you find somebody that's prettier, you find somebody that's more handsome or more suave or more whatever, is he or she still God's will for your life? in the beginning, when you got married, God, if God joined you together. Even if he didn't join you together, he did because you're married. And so when you take those vows, you're married. And so God joined you together. And so if you believe that to be the case, in the beginning, God's intent was that we're to accept each other in this marriage. The good, the bad, and the ugly. And we accept it. one accepted. This one accepted. Now, how many have realized? If you've been married for a long period of time, you realize you cannot change your spouse. <laughs> you cannot change him. Ain't you know. happening. Now you can try to change him. You can tell him all tell him all the things that's wrong with him. Would you stop leaving your clothes on the floor? And would you stop leaving dirty dishes in the sink? And would you stop muddying up my floors? And would you stop this and that? You can you can do all you want, but guess what's going to happen tomorrow? His pants to be on the floor. 30 dishes won't be in the sink and mugs won't be on the floor. <laughs> but you have to accept that. Because this is who God, this is this is the way God designed that person. Now fellas, we ought to improve and ladies, we ought to try to please our spouses but at the end of the day, as much as I want to please my spouse, oh, I'll end up failing her. And she'll end up failing my expectations. But I have to come to the marriage proclamation to understand in this matter of loving, loving is to accept them the way that God has had made them all the quirks. And the longer you get married, the more idiosyncrasies you realize about your spouse that kind of irk you the wrong way. But you remember, remember, when you got married, this was God's will. God had joined you together, and we have to accept who God has given to us. They say the grass is greener on the other side. Now, how many know that's not true? It might appear to be greener on the other side. It might look to be green on the other side. But when you step outside of God's intent of marriage, the grass is never greener on the other side. It might appear to be. She might be and he might be a whole lot better fit, you think, for you. But I'm telling you right now, if you step outside of God's intent of marriage, it is not greener. The heartaches are more severe. And uh, so I just want to encourage you to accept what God has designed. Amen? Uh, anyway, Letter being that is this a proclamation of honor, a proclamation of honor. We should give honor first Peter chapter 3, verse number 7. Uh, first Peter 3 and 7. I think that is. First Peter 3 and verse number 7. There at the end of the Bibles there. And I hope you guys are okay. Uh, this this class is going to be pretty straightforward, okay? <laughs> if, this is a, if this is a marriage, a married class, how I think we should, we should be helping marriages, right? So we're just going to be in a little bit, I'm going to get a little intense about some, some some physical relationships and whatnot, but it's all out of Scripture, and I want you to let the Word of God speak to you, okay? But uh, 1 Peter chapter 3, and uh, I'm sorry, uh, what did I say? 1 Peter 3, chapter 7. 1? Chapter 3, verse 7. Oh, 3-7, thanks. Thank 3, 7. you. All right. There we go. That's it. Okay, here we go. Likewise, you husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, Talk about the wives, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel. Now, ladies, this was not a slam on ladies like they're a weaker vessel. Not at all. All that comment that the Lord is giving us, all that means is there is a difference between the man and the woman. That's it. There is a difference. It is is no, I think two things. I, I believe that God has made men physically just naturally stronger, just naturally stronger. But I believe that God has made women emotionally stronger. I mean, they are there are some tough women that have gone through a lot of trials and heartaches that most men run from. But women, and I think out of the two, the emotional, I mean, here's a man speaking about this, but the emotional part's harder. Beat me all day long, that's no problem. When you say words to me that hurt my emotions, I cry i like of baby I leave. I can't handle it. But God has given women a very strong emotional makeup in many cases. Um, but again, just uh, just mentions the distinction or the differences between the genders. And so he says this to the husbands, give honor unto the wife. God commands the husband to, get to honor his wife and uh, to understand that, yes, we, it needs to have acceptance in the marriage, but there also needs to be an honor in the marriage. And that honor, I believe, also needs to flow both ways. This is directed to the husbands and that's true. Uh, but the Proverbs thirty-one twenty-six talks about the virtuous woman that has the uh, her, her has a law of kindness from her mouth that she's able to use her words that death and life are in the power of the tongue, and so I understand that, my as a wife, the words that she says to her husband can, can honor him and make him break him. But husbands, the words that we say to our wives can also make or break her. And how that honor and listen, if anybody's been married more than just one day. Uh, There's going to be times where words are not always exhorting or encouraging, and they can be damaging. I can almost guarantee that every couple here uh, has had some damaging words between each other. So all we can do is just basically improve on that and say, okay, if I'm going to accept this marriage, accept who God has given to me, then I'm going to honor them and respect them and, uh, and realize that this is how God has made him and this is how God has made her. As much as it grinds against my my desires, honor is based upon an appreciation for what God did in bringing us together as partners for life. It's based upon what God did. So I don't honor I don't honor my wife and my wife teaches a class this morning. But I don't honor my wife because she is she is super sensational. Now she is, but that's not the reason. And even if she wasn't super sensational. That's not the reason why I'm going to honor her. The reason I'm going to honor her is because this is who God has given to me. So I have to look at this. As as God has put my marriage together, God has given me her. And God has given me to her, my wife. And she's so lucky that he is. uh, But God's given me to her. And so I realize that God made this marriage. And so I'm going to honor the Lord by honoring my spouse. But she's, she's indifferent. She's, she's yelling at me. That's who God gave me. And you probably need anyhow. So I'm probably just going to honor her. And uh, you know how many times I've said yes, ma'am? Yes, ma'am. Yes, dude. Yes, ma'am. But you the pastor of the church? I know. <laughs> yes, ma'am. <laughs> yes, dear. Be glad too. Now, do I have to do that? I don't have to. But I honor her. And I fail. I try to honor her. Uh, anyway, number three. Now I'll see what I going to get to today. Number three: the priorities of marriage. No, don't forget, Steve, to give me that 10:25, you know, alarm. Okay. Uh, the priorities of marriage. Go back to Genesis chapter two again. We're going to go. we going to bounce around from Mark to Genesis. Genesis chapter two, and verse number 24. Genesis two and 24. Therefore, shall a man leave his father and mother. And shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. And so we're going to talk about leaving, cleaving, the priorities of marriage. And uh, so here it is. Letter A would be this, the leaving. Leaving, okay? Now, uh, Vanessa, go ahead and show the next slide there. It should be. There is no other option. Uh, so I'm going to leave. Now, leave, the Bible says, is leave his father and mother. But there's also another application to leaving, and that would be this. <clears throat> As Adam did not have parents, but it was expressing the, the principle for all generations to follow, they're going to leave our parents. There has to be, leaving ha- means this, a separation from other relationships, which means this, I need to be able to separate from other relationships in order for my marriage to succeed. Leaving means this, I have to abandon one relationship before establishing the next relationship. There has to be a break from the past. I have to leave behind, I have to completely sever any old relationships or emotional attachments to another person that I had from my past. I have got to be able to leave those relationships and then be able to uh, start a new committed relationship. Many marriages are destroyed because one spouse still has unresolved feelings for somebody else. As they enter into the relationship, they still have a feeling for somebody back at work. They still got a feeling for somebody back in their childhood or high school days. And there's that unresolved, not only physical or emotional, but even mental attachment or even communication attachment that still has drawn that, now I'm married to this person but I still got feelings for this person There's got to be a leaving from any other relationship, uh, especially if it's a a man who might have an emotional tie to another woman or a woman who has another emotional tie to another man. There's got to be a leaving and separation and where I break off those ties. Well, Pastor, she's been my friend for years, you know. Uh, Well, the marriage is so important. What happens is this is when something goes bad in your marriage, then you vent to her. As a man, you've been to her, then you get to be emotionally strong. And many times that, that ends up being where a guy just leaves, leaves his wife for her. And that was something that should have been broken off 10 years ago. But 10 years down the road, you still got this thing going on over here. And so that begins to backfire. i am just encourage you. Boy, it's it's good to be friendly, good to be kind, you know. And uh, yes, we're friends, but I'm not going to have any emotional attachments or mental uh, attachments uh, to anybody else, so I've got to make sure I leave—not just mom and dad, but leave all other relationships, especially the opposite opposite gender. That way, I make sure that, and ensure that my marriage is going to be strong. Often, cases you'll see a lot of this happening at work. Uh, I was—I was—we uh, were buying buying my wife Her Honda Pilot. Don't even ask your wife about my wife a Honda. Uh, I was uh, she needs to get a Dodge, but you know whatever. <laughs> uh, so uh, we're gonna get by her on the pilot. we got gone to this dealership all the way out in New Jersey. And uh, and by the way, uh, there's one we called Will Up by My Wife. It, it, is, it is those uh found on the road uh, uh, what is it? Found on the road de- daily you know, something I think Now, right now rescuing side. dodge. <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, so we're at this dealership in New Jersey. And uh, it's a good deal, good price. And uh, we got to while walking around. And this, I, I watched our salesman as he kept talking and whatever with this woman. And I'm like, okay, whatever. It's his business, whatever. And he, he, we got talking, and, and it just didn't seem to be right. And he said, Oh, he said, I said, He was talking about his family. I said, You married? He said, Yeah, I'm married. I said, uh, Got kids? Yeah, I got kids. And, uh, you know, whatever, whatever, and, you know, Susie, can you get this, this that for me, my well, i whatever. And then he said this, and this statement really rocked me a little bit. He said this, he said, yeah, I, I really like that woman over there. Said, okay. He said, uh, she's like, she's like my work wife. Mm. Mm. I said, mm. My heart is safe." I tried to witness to him that day and whatnot, but as we left, my wife and I both, as we were leaving, and we bought the car and uh, obviously uh, as we were leaving I said to her I said what troubled you about that whole, the whole transaction what troubled you the most he said she said immediately the work wife comment I said yeah that really bothered me and um, nothing's probably there it's just a thought process that somebody else would fill in that position and uh, at work and whatnot so I just uh, just chewing on that and going to find out there's a lot of those out there and so i have to be able to leave any romantic attachment from anybody else and so listen as we start this marriage make sure that you have everything separate with anybody else in your life and leaving all those things and so uh now it does say mom and dad uh, leave your father and mother That was the setting the biblical principle which means this i honor my mom says to honor your parents i do to obey them sure uh, I don't want to create a breach in that relationship. Absolutely. But I do, I must leave. Which means this, I, in order to to establish our home and my family on the way God wants me as a, as a man to run my family, the Bible says you're not going to run it the exact same way your dad did. And so I've got to leave women the same way. You're not going to cook the exact same way your mom did. Now you might, but... But just because you don't, and mom gets all over you because, oh, you didn't cook it the same way I cooked it. <laughs> Thanks, moms. Love you. We respect them. But they don't run your home. And it's, it's no, it's no, you know, I've talked to a lot of couples. Man, you know, mom and dad want us over every night for dinner. But well, at some point, you have to break from going over to mom, mom and dad's every night for dinner because you got your own family. And you have to have your own time. And you need to be able to build your relationship as your own unit uh, in your own home. And so it's very, very important to be able to respectfully, uh, and if you have a lot of those close relationships and moms and dads, and a lot of your moms and dads are in this church and all those things, and it's all good. Uh, but make sure that you break away and start your own home, start your own family. Listen, start your own traditions, uh, start your own Christmas thing and Thanksgiving thing. And yes, do things with your family, but also do things on your own too. And have your own traditions and uh, that you're gonna adopt or establish for your own family, your own kids. So that's leaving. Not letter letter being that be this cleaving. Cleaving. Now here's the next thing for the cleaving, ready? Uh, there's no other option. Okay? Which means this. Here's here's a, remember reading that Bible there where it says this, that verse where it says this a man shall leave his father and mother and shall what? Cleave, right? Cleave unto his wife and so here's what the word cleave means it literally means this to be concreted together right to uh to uh to be glued together now listen before a couple gets married you can't keep them apart it's like they are on each other they are like side by side and they are just like oh well we can't wait to be married oh man but then after they get married you can't keep them together they're always apart, you know, please. especially when you have kids. You know, here, here's here's dad walking down here, and here's a wife carrying all those car, car seats, and she's like, would you please wait for you know?" you know, and it's <laughs> boom and they're, they're never together anymore. I want to keep the days before I got married, when we were hot and <coughs> on fire and passionate, and I want to keep those days after I get married and after we have kids and keep that relationship hot. But I'm going to tell you right now, to keep that thing cleaving, to keep that thing glued and keep us tight is going to take a lot of work, a lot of intentionality to say I'm going to do this on purpose because there's a lot of things that can distract the marriage and especially kids. Uh, Kids is a big distraction and I don't mean that in a bad way. They're the greatest blessing. I won't tell you right now, but it's also one of the greatest distractions if you're not aware of it and careful to learn how to work through. We'll talk about kids in a few weeks uh, and how to deal with that. But, but right now, focusing on the marriage, make sure you stay stay tight together. And uh, eliminate, and listen very carefully. Okay, go back to Mark 10. Okay, so we read that. Go back to Mark 10, 10, for 10. And uh, verse number 7. Mark 10 and verse number 7. Hope you guys are okay. And uh, verse number 7. For this call, shall man leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife, right? So God... Re- God repeats what he says in Genesis. And they twain shall be one flesh, so then they are no more twain, but one flesh. Well, therefore, God hath joined together and that man put asunder. Now, understanding, he says, let no man put asunder. What does that mean? When God has joined a marriage together, don't let anybody separate or asunder or separate this marriage and this couple, which means this. I have to eliminate and decide now when, we, when Nick and I first got married, one of the things we said to each other was this. We are not going to talk about the D word. And it's not the D word that you think, think of. It is divorce. We're not going to talk about divorce. We're going to take divorce out of our vocabulary. We take it out of the dictionary. I take it out of Google. Okay? It's not, I take it out. I just I don't even have it in there. I'm, I'm not even going to check it out. Take it out of our vocabulary. There is no other option. This is who God is giving. I'm going to be committed to this. I'm going to cleave to this. There's going to be bad days. There's going to be miserable days. There's going to be days that you are so mad at him and you are so mad at her. You're not going to speak to each other. You are. Oh, you're just, in a, just, just so irate. But don't ever forget. There's no other option. There's no other option. You stay committed till death do us part. And the Bible says, "And forsake" Or not the Bible. Uh, but when you do your when you do your vows. And forsaking all others, we're going to have a wedding here here in a couple weeks. Actually, two weddings here in a couple weeks. People in our church here, and we're going to we're going to stand up there, and many of you have stood up there with me at the altar, and uh, and we'll say this: We have this woman to be your wedded wife. We love her, honor, and keep her in sickness and in health, in poverty and in poverty and in poverty, <laughs> as in wealth. Now watch this. Here's what's next. And forsaking all others. That's leaving and cleaving. And forsaking all others. That's separating every romantic attachment that you have in your life. That's forsaking all other emotional attachments that you have, mental attachments, mental fantasies. Getting Abandoning all of those things. And forsaking all others. And keeping thee only under her. So long as you both shall live, do you, sir, so promise. Remember that day? And he says, now this is a big commitment. And you make making this commitment before the sight of God, and he says, I do. Okay. You understand what you just said right there, right? That means when it gets really, when, when hell breaks loose in your home, you will keep yourself to hurt. You're not going to be checking things out. You're not going to be looking on porn. You're not going to be doing all this other stuff try to get your fix or whatever. Listen, you stay committed to it. You stay committed to her. Purity in mind, heart, and soul. That's what you're gonna commit, forsaking all others. That's on your iPhone, that's on your That's on your, your tablet, that's on your whatever. Forsaking all others and keeping thee only under her, as long as you sell them. do you so promise? I do. That's a major commitment. Okay, now I say to her. Now do you have this piece of trash over here to be your wedded husband? Will you love him? Honor and keep him. And sickness as in health. And poverty as in wealth. And forsaking all others. Now maybe you understand what, you, what we're saying here. And so when you have a bad day, same thing. You're going to cleave. I mean, you, you guys are going to be tight. Even though you have a disagreement, you're going to be tight. And I'm not going to go vent to some other guy. I'm not going to talk about it to some, you know, some other person and, and try to you know, get emotionally attached to somebody else. You're going to cleave and say, How much they committed? You have to have that resolve. Well, he he really hurt me with his words. He said this about me. He said I was you know used words he shouldn't have used about my physical physique and this and that. I know they're damaging words, but but you made that commitment, and the commitment wasn't based on as long as everything's better roses in our house, we're going to keep keep our commitments. No, no, this is based on the fact of you made a commitment for better for worse. In many cases, there's a lot of worse. There's a lot of betters. There's a lot of worse. And so I keep that commitment and cleave, cleave. We have to make some ground rules. Every home here has to make some ground rules. That no man is going to separate this thing or draw us asunder. And so as a result, I make some ground rules in my home. makes I two minutes. Mean, uh, okay. We're going to talk about divorce. Too many couples give up on their marriage when it gets hard or too hard. We have to make the decision now, I'm going to be committed, be committed. So number, number letter C now is this, the weaving. So he we says the leaving, the cleaving, and letter C is the weaving. Uh, this is where I need to take probably a whole other lesson and talk about how, how does a marriage, okay, leave and cleave, and now we need to weave. So what it says is that two become one, and they they train shall be one flesh, their mark. Uh, how, how does two people, Become one flesh. This is not talking about intimacy and the physical relationship. No, no. It's talking about mind. It's talking about heart. It's talking about emotions. Everything is tied together. We think the same. We feel the same. One flesh, one body, one unit in our home, in our marriage. Now, how is that possible? So I got like 30 seconds. Anyway, so let's talk about the spiritual part. Uh, Weaving spiritually. You want to take some notes on this? So be But Weaving spiritually uh there's a lot of a lot of verses about uh, husbands praying uh, wives first uh, Peter chapter three to at it all first Peter chapter three verse number one talks about the conversation of the wife can win the husband and uh, if she will continue to to walk spiritually and these things these things one of the greatest things you could do in your marriage before we talk about the other two things and, uh, you know the other two things and that is um weaving together physically weaving together uh I'm sorry, We're together spiritually, weaving together emotionally, and then also weaving together physically. And so uh, all three of these things uh, the intimate, the emotional, and the spiritual are so crucial. But can I say this? The spiritual is the foundation to the physical. Now, we all want the physical, but I'm going to tell you right now it's hard to keep <laughs> that pure if the spiritual isn't right. So let's address the spiritual for a little bit and understand how important it is that we are in one flesh spiritually, which means this, how important it is to have family devotions or to have husband and wife reading scriptures together on a daily basis. Husbands and wives um, praying together on a daily basis and connecting on the level of spirituality. And listen, one of the most awkward things I one of the most awkward things of a marriage is reading the Bible together. It's awkward. And praying together. Because you know each other's weaknesses, and he's going to think about her. Well, she's going not to, to think I'm serious. And I'm, the, I'm the biggest jokester there is, and now we're going to get serious about the Bible. So it's like, really, she won't take me seriously. And so he doesn't take himself seriously because he knows what she knows about him, and so it's just awkward. And they're going to pray together, and I want to be the spiritual giant in my home. And here I am. i will be cracking jokes and watching movies with her. Da da, da. And So it's just an awkward thing. I'm going to leave my home spiritually and. But listen, take those first few steps and start it. The awkwardness will leave eventually. And eventually you'll get through it to be able to read the Bible together. Start with a good job and do whatever. Ephesians 5, it's the one of marriages. And start somewhere together. And then take a minute just pray together. How gonna get the devotionals, the emails that we send out every day here? let get the devotionals? get the you get on the devotional list, and, and I encourage many marriages to just get that devotional out of your email, read it together, pray together. Just take 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Uh, start there. And uh, just talk about, and then after you're done reading scriptures and pray together, just talk about spiritual things. Uh, talk about what God has spoke to you about your own personal devotion. Talk about spiritual things. Even if it just takes 15, 10, 15 minutes, that connection of 10, 15 minutes of the spiritual level will do so much more to bring your hearts together than anything else pray you help us today. Lord, thank you so much for how you worked in our hearts. Lord, I pray that you help our our young married couples. Lord, how we desperately need, Lord, these spiritual truths that will help us and encourage us. Uh, Lord, I think uh, just to solidify the commitment and to solidify that in the day of temptation, and especially this day and age,